Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Got another edition of fantasy goodness for you and just talking about fantasy football in general because I keep getting asked this question as to how do I improve at fantasy football and to be honest it's very very simple uh it's like I keep trying to condense this every year and the points just keep getting ignored so I'm gonna go as succinctly as humanly possible to try to hammer this out the number one thing that most fantasy managers screw up more than everything else is knowing the rules of their actual league. They make the assumption that all their leagues are the same, and they're not. There is a mountain of a difference between your quarterback scoring four points for a passing touchdown and scoring six points for a passing touchdown. You think it's a small difference. It's actually a massive difference. Some people think that standard scoring with no points per reception isn't that big of a deal. It's a huge deal between a half point per reception or a full point per reception. Every year, this mistake keeps getting made because when you go about doing your draft uh, calculations and your draft charts and everything else, folks do not recalculate based off of the scoring format of the league. You've got tons of resources now with uh, various websites that do standard scoring format uh, breakdowns, half-point PPR scoring uh, breakdowns, and full-point scoring breakdowns. It's a huge difference and something that folks don't calibrate for. They make the assumption and just stick with Well, I got this guy on one draft, so I got to draft him in this other league as well. No, you don't actually have to draft the same player in every league. That's the other issue that I keep hearing is that, oh, well, I don't want to cheer against my own team because I made the uh, drafted this guy one league, so I want to kind of keep drafting with the row. If you put all your eggs in one basket, guess what? One injury and your entire season is wiped across multiple leagues. Uh, You know, it's the NFL. People get hurt all the time. There is nothing new about diversifying your draft per league you're in. But the starting point is knowing your scoring format. I cannot stress this enough. It makes a huge difference in terms of how to approach your draft, knowing exactly how it, it gets broken out. Because guess what? You could have a league where it's standard format where you get a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. Or you could get a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. You think that's not a big deal. It's a huge deal because you have to prioritize your wide receivers even more than you normally would because of the extra starting spot because you really are trying to make sure you get at least a wide receiver two at every position 
on your starting roster because of that extra roster spot for wide receivers. League format matters. Roster construction matters. If you have a super flex, i.e. where you can play a quarterback in your flex spot, it makes a huge difference. That's when you literally cannot avoid uh, taking a QB early. Because a lot of times, and I will stress this, you can hold off drafting QBs quite a lot because more often than not, QB is the most overdrafted position by most people. When they get into drafts, folks overdraft their QB spot and do not uh, uh, make an, an account for the amount of value you can get at that position from later on in the draft. It's one of the uh, few positions where you don't see as much variance because of how much uh, QBs have the ball in their hands and can score even when they're behind. Especially when they're prioritized to score when they're behind because they're constantly throwing the ball. But yeah, it, it makes a difference knowing the format of your league, how many roster spots you've got. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Other spot that I talk about that gets overdrafted, tight end. Just because you, you've got Travis Kelsey going off the board, Gronk's retired, you don't have a ton of top-end tight ends. Yeah, you got a Mark Andrews, but realistically, is Mark Andrews going to outscore the vast majority of wide receivers in the league? No, he's not. Like People get this twisted all the time. Tight end hardly outscores wide receivers, even low-end wide receivers. Yeah, there's a difference between the top tight ends and the uh, rest of the pack, but realistically, the amount you might have reached for a tight end might get punished, especially depending on your league format, with all the wide receivers you could have passed on. So it makes it makes a difference. You know, I keep saying this, and I... And again, I try to say this, people make this mistake every single year. And it keeps getting brought up in conversation as to like, oh, who did you draft? And they'll start throwing out examples and I can immediately figure out, okay, when did you grab this guy? And I already know before they even answer the question that they grabbed that guy too early. And there are X number of players that they probably could have grabbed that they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that guy, uh, I don't know who grabbed them, but it's like I can like knowing the value of certain uh, players. More than likely, they could have grabbed those players as an alternative to improve their roster. It's just the way it is. Like it just gets overlooked so often that I keep repeating myself when I go over these rules. But I just want to be clear when I say this uh, uh, episode, just to be like as profoundly succinct as possible. Know this format of your league. Please. Please. It makes a difference. It makes a difference about how many roster spots you've got. It also makes a difference if you got an IR spot. You might be able to stash a player. IR spots are really useful. You can stash an injured player for weeks. And then they, they keep rotating the spot out. It makes a difference, folks. I'm sorry, it does. 
Knowing the format of your league is critical. Knowing the scoring format. Knowing the amount of roster position. Also, this should go without saying, but it gets screwed up every year. Stop reaching for your defenses. And absolutely, do not grab a kicker until the last round. I I don't care. I don't care how your league is set up. There's no reason why you should be reaching early for defenses. And absolutely no way you should be grabbing a kicker early. There is no reason for it. There is no reason for it. Here's the thing. Defense is the least predictable position in fantasy football. You know why it's least predictable? Because there are so many variables that happen within the course of a game. You don't know if they get penalized. You know, you don't know if the offense fumbles, like, within their own 10-yard line. And the defense gives up a touchdown. Oh, guess what? Your defense just got punished, even though it had nothing to do with them. Special teams could screw up. Oh, we haven't seen special teams screw up plays at all. Like, come on. Defense is the uh, one where you're just picking a needle in a haystack. Why are you wasting a mid-round pick? I see this happen all the time. Especially, especially for you guys who just want to rely on the auto-draft. You can set up your auto-draft rules to make sure you don't grab defense and kickers early. You you do realize that. Like, if you're going to pay for a fantasy league, you might as well put in some effort into showing up for the draft. And I know folks who keep saying, oh, well, you know, I, I think the machine can do it for me. The sh- machine might be able to get you right on the right path uh, with a couple of picks, and it might be able to find you some value because other folks are trying to adjust uh, their drafts based off of different needs. So you might you might fall into a, a decent enough spot based off of your draft position and how the algorithms are set up. But man, I've seen auto draft work in a completely wrong way. And one thing I do see auto draft doing more often than not, it auto draft loves grabbing defenses if they think that value of the the defense is is showing up in a decent spot. So you may end up with two good defenses supposedly on paper, but guess what? The rest of your draft got borked because you grabbed two defenses when realistically you only need one and you could have grabbed it on the back half because more often than not you'll get a defense on the back end of the draft in the last round that still ends up in the top 10. Imagine that. Imagine that. And kickers, it goes without saying. Kickers, you want to play a a targeted kicker on a good offense because it will give you some opportunity to score points. Personally, I've already cut out kickers in most of my leagues that I participate in. Because the variance just doesn't make a whole ton of sense. And does it really make a strong difference overall? Not necessarily. But it's just such a hodgepodge position that realistically, most kickers are still making the majority of their kicks. So does it add a tremendous amount of suspense to the game? Not necessarily. I think you're better off served having... Either an additional roster spot for wide receiver or tight end, 
or a flex spot uh, just to uh, keep it, uh, ba- uh, uh, some variety within your team composition week to week than just using kickers. Because the kickers are, again, roulette in a sense. You know, you want to target a uh, kicker on a good team, but there are so many different ways where that can backfire you. If you've got uh, a team like the Chargers that, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into my rants on the Chargers, but that is uh, are so obsessed with going for two points when it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't. I can't I can't do a Brandon Staley rant uh right now. He 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 drives me, he drives me crazy. But the the truth of the matter is kickers, you know, don't add a tremendous amount of value to fantasy football in my opinion. So to me that's also uh, a spot where you can just move on and try to uh, be more creative with your drafts if you move uh, move past them. Uh, but other things to be uh, acknowledge. Know your waiver wire format. Is it standard? Does it reset? Does it use free agency acquisition budget? Here's the thing. If your waiver wire is just predicated on when you last took a guy, holding on to that waiver wire spot becomes tantamount because you may get a major superstar injury with waivers and you just hold on to that sucker throughout the entire year. Like that is a powerful tool. Now, if your waiver wire resets every week based off of your record, then you actually have to make some decisions as you are in your, you you know, you think you're in a strong spot uh, as a good team, but myself, I know from way too much experience, when you have waiver wire that resets itself, you're one injury away from torpedoing your entire team because you will never be able to replace that player on waivers because your waiver priority resets every week, so you're always at the bottom. You will never get any of the guys later on in the year because it's tr- the, the waiver wire resets uh, tend to uh go back towards the teams that are in the middle of the pack. So in those leagues, the teams in the middle of the pack oftentimes end up being the stronger playoff seeds in squads because in the regular season they were able to backload some uh, g- tremendous value later on in the year in waivers every single week even though it was a scrape to just get into the playoffs, they are technically a stronger matchup than some of the highest seeds imaginable. So just food for thought, folks. Just food for thought. But again, if, if you do progress to using uh, Fab, then yeah, sometimes you go all, all in on certain players if you truly believe that it's going to make a difference that they're a starter the entire way through. More often than not, it doesn't make sense using Fab. I think it... Uh, in terms of your fab dollars, I think it makes more sense being responsibly allocating a monetary value to certain players so that you're not allocating more than 10% of your fab budget every week of the NFL season. That's the way I usually do it because it's a hundred bucks, but you know, other folks don't necessarily view it that way. They'll go, they'll use a third of their budget in week three, you know, 
everyone has different ways of approaching it. But I will say, you know, I won't criticize how your fab gets used because you're trying to prioritize certain players. But I will say, if you don't know how your waiver rules are set up in your league, you are doing it wrong. I'm I'm just telling you, folks, you, like you got to be aware of all these factors within your fantasy league as to how the mechanisms are supposed to work, because you have to start thinking through your season as in a, in totality, even before you draft it. You should be thinking about how your season should play out. Like, is my as I'm drafting my teams, am I am I backloaded from the front end of the schedule or the back end of the schedule? And some folks may not want to do that. They may not want to know how good their matchups are to start the year versus others. But as you go higher end in the stakes, and you're going into high high end, uh, you know. Uh, tournaments where you're paying, you know, 500, 1,000, 2,000, like the high stakes guys know exactly how the schedule of all their players are shaping up. That's just the truth of the matter. You know, there are folks who dedicate their uh, entire summer to analyzing, breaking down exactly how these matches are going to go. I wouldn't necessarily go down that rabbit hole mainly because it's the NFL people get hurt, but there are people who are putting in that much amount of effort for the casual folks. You guys probably probably aren't going to do that, but I will say it does help to know your team's schedule. Like folks look over the schedule all the time, but it's like kind of knowing how the first six weeks of the season play out goes a long way. It does go a long way to kind of figuring out, Oh, is, is this team's kind of set up? It's like, am I at least in a decent enough spot? So, Kind of having that strength of schedule analysis. And, you know, again, there are various websites and tools that you could use, like with Fantasy Pros. Like, they, they, there are places you can go to actually look at this stuff before your draft. But knowing your basic league format rules, like, it is the most overlooked aspect of setting up for your draft to begin with. It has happened time and time again. So, this is the public service announcement yet again. Please, please, please learn your league format front to back just so you're completely aware of all the scenarios of where you can press your advantages. It is so critical, in my opinion, to do that. Not doing it just puts you a step behind the rest of your competition. So if you take away nothing else, know the format. Just know the format. That's all I'm asking. All right, folks. That'll do it for uh, today's episode. But I just wanted to be as clear as I could possibly be on that front. But uh, best of luck to you all. And uh, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Yeah. <laughs>